Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, facilitator of all things turn on, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and lift the veil. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a completely juicy guest. Her name is Rosie Rees. Rosie is the boss and powerhouse behind Yoni Pleasure Palace, Splash Blanket, Sacred Squirter, and Naked Awakening. She runs powerful programs that liberate women's sensuality and sexuality from the shackles. She's the pioneer behind nude yoga and designs, creates, and distributes personal products that are here to revolutionize our orgasmic experience and beyond. She's also the body image activist behind the movement Stop Sucking It In, inspiring thousands of women to be real and raw about their bodies and bellies and to step into unconditional love and radical acceptance. Here to talk the secrets of squirting is Rosie Rees. Rosie, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. I swear, like listening to that bio, my 16-year-old self would be high-fiving me hard right now. She saw who I am now and what I'm doing. She would be so proud of me. Thank you for that beautiful intro. Yeah, no, no problem. You make it easy. And it was such a joy to sit here in preparation for today's talk because we've known each other for, I want to say, 10 years. I would say it was about 2011. Um, the 20, yes, 2011 that I pro- around that time that I probably met you and um, and came into contact with your work and it has just been mind-blowing to watch you and watch how everything has evolved for you over the years and what you have created and mark my words, anyone listening and anyone, um, a lot of my followers follow you as well. And any, but anyone who doesn't know Rosie, when you look at her profile and you look at what she's created, I really want to affirm this has all been years in the making. This has been 10 years in the, what you're seeing is 10 years of consistency. Like that's what I know to be true about you, that you have taken your original ideas and just built them and built them and built them and they have just expanded. So um, it's just a joy to see you in your elements. Thank you for that recognition. It has been a labour of love and it has been 10 years. I had my spiritual and my sexual awakening in 2012, actually, 2012, 2013, and that's when I really came into myself. And I was quite young. I was only 20, uh, 26 at the time and you know you th- you think you're too young to hold the space like that was a story I had at the time was I'm too young to be talking about this but I it's like I was literally I downloaded I don't want to say the codes because that's so woo woo but like I downloaded this information about women's sexuality and about self-pleasure and cult, you know coming into your creativity and your power and starting businesses at quite a young age and I I'm very, you're right, I am very consistent with my my business, with my brand, with what I talk about. And that doesn't mean to say that it's evolved, it hasn't evolved, but I, I really believe in what I teach and I, I really do walk the, my, walk my talk. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do most definitely. And you're like talking about Yoni Pleasure Palace, for example, you, that was, a creation in what year was that 2015 20 when did that when did you start I, I started the Rosie Reese so all my shop started on rosyreese.com in 2013 mm-hmm. and then I I created your only pleasure palace in about 2015 you're right so it was I'd always been um sharing about the jade egg and crystal wands and pleasure wands and orgasm but then I, t- I decided to start a, a, a like a sister business but what actually happened was 
it all went to Yoni Pleasure Palace. I think because there is a difference between having a brand that is your name and having a brand that is something all, you know, all encompassing, mm. like maybe some people related to me or didn't relate to me. Whereas with Yoni Pleasure Palace, I found that any woman could relate to that. Like I wanted to have more of an umbrella um, brand. So that was my decision to create a new business. And I'm so glad I did. Um, and I guess since then it's just grown. Like what started with a jade egg, um, that was my, the only product on the shop. I think there's nearly over a hundred products now and we're selling all over the world and it's, it's crazy. I never thought I'd go into a product-based business. I was very happy being a um, relationship and sexuality coach. Like that was my dream. That's all I wanted to do. The product side of things was an accident, actually, total accident. <laughs> and I've, I've fumbled my way through owning a product-based business. Yes, yes. And I already know that you fully believe in them because if you didn't, you would have given it up or there wouldn't have been this magic around it and this ease around it. So in regards to the alignment and the congruence piece, that is 101% there for you because it is taking on a life form of its own and you are still sharing and espousing the same products that you have been since you started your shop. So that says a lot. There's something that's really funny. Before I launched the the crystal uh, yoni eggs and wands, I actually had a full shop ready to press publish of vibrators because I loved my vibrator. It was my best friend and, you know, that's how I'd had orgasms during self-pleasure. And so, yeah, that was ready to go. Like I was doing the drop shipping thing. I was ready to, to launch it. And then I went to Bali and went to this um, jade egg workshop. Had an had that's where I had this whole experience, and came home and I was like, I, I can't actually, you know, be in alignment and in integrity and share vibrators right now. Not that vibrators are bad um, or anything like that. I just had a whole new experience to self pleasure. So yeah, it, you do have to kind of pivot when you have those experiences. Mm. Yeah, so you listened to that nudge that said, actually, this is this is the pathway. Yeah, it's like spirit comes through or your intuition or higher guidance, whatever you want to call it, just kind mm. of guides you in, in a direction and, you know, really got to kind of quieten the mind enough to hear it and to have courage, actually, because, you know, going rewinding to 2013, no one really knew what a yoni egg was and you know coming out to my family saying I'm going to start teaching naked yoga for women and I'm going to set, start selling crystal dildos because this is what it's, I'm all about that was fucking scary like really scary just quit my corporate job and then just become this total wild entrepreneur who actually didn't really know what she was doing but she just followed this guidance in a guidance system yeah, amazing, amazing. I love stories about magic and <laughs> your story feels like it is imbued, embedded with mag- with magic. Yeah, God, yeah, it definitely is. It doesn't mean it hasn't been hard sometimes, but it's. I've definitely just keep following those, those little whispers, um, mm. you know, whether that's a product or whether that's, you know, finding a new office or going in a new direction or whatever it might be, you've just got to listen. Mm, yeah. Well, what I, when I look at all of your work, I, what I love about it is you have these multiple offerings, but they are all cohesive. They all make sense. It's like you're, uh, and correct me if you, if it's different from your experience, but it's like you're multi-passionate, but it all gels together. Like you've got this variety in your work. You've got the products, you've got naked yoga, you've got I saw you still do some one-to-one work as well. and But everything just gels. And your courses, of course, which we're going to talk about in a moment, uh, but just mm-hmm. feels like it gels so nicely. What uh, is that your experience of it from your end of things, that it's multi-passionate and there's variety but it gels? Definitely, definitely. I think when I had the experience, I... I started to come into my body. So I started to learn to love and accept my body through the, the art of, you know, getting naked and doing yoga and these sort of these practices, meditation and yoga practices. 
And it was almost, and I don't know what came first, Lauren. Like, I don't know if it was the new yoga that really sexually liberated me or I had the sexual liberation and then I just wanted to take my clothes off and do yoga. So I, but whatever it is, they both blend into each other. And I feel like when you start to become more confident in your body or comfortable in your skin, it's natural that you actually start to have deeper experiences orgasmically and start to open up your mouth and let out more sound during sex. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so many women who come to my naked yoga workshops. Um, it's called naked awakening now. Um, it wasn't previously, but we rebranded in about two years ago. Um, you know, they have this experience in a three hour workshop and then they go home and they have the best sex of their life or the best self-pleasure of their life something shifts in them because it's the first time, because a lot of us links uh, nudity with sexuality, but actually it's not, the, the workshop itself is not a sexual workshop. It's sensual, it's embodiment, like it's beautiful, but it's not sexual. However, the women go home and have these empowering experiences, liberating experiences in the bedroom with themselves or their partner mm. and something shifts or they end their relationship because it wasn't, they just have so much clarity and they have so much courage. So it's kind of this really beautiful transformation that you witness in women who come to these workshops. Um, They're not just about getting naked and doing the downward dog, really. Like Mm. that's just like one tiny aspect. It's like the real shedding of fears and inhibitions and conquering your fear, like really conquering your fear. And then the sexuality piece just, it just, you, you, you shift completely. Yeah. Yeah. And you've made a really beautiful point there about when fear subsides, then some of that beautiful arousal, interest, desire can start to emerge again. So it's, it's really a key piece and it's so, it's not necessarily simple to be able to activate that, but it is one of those keys that people often overlook. It's like, but why can't I still live in high stress and be sexual? Why can't I still live with these sense of this sense of anxiety and this sense of worry and be sexual? And your workshops really tap into this key piece around when you can reduce and subside the fear a little and create that sense of awakening, then you're in, you're you're much better positioned to be able to access the arousal interest desire piece yeah and the yoga that I teach is a combination of yin and then Mm -hmm. these really powerful breathing techniques so you're yes you're going into that sort of um, parasympathetic nervous system and relaxing the nervous system but then we also weave in these like really like activating powerful kundalini breathwork kind of techniques and so you get this beautiful taste of both so as when you go home or when you, you know, when you start to just go back to your normal life, you can, you do have that beautiful foundation of, you know, that rest, which we, like you said, we need a lot of the time if we don't have a strong, um, healthy libido, it's because we're so fucking stressed all the time and overwhelmed yeah. Yeah. and just switching off and, and slowing down can really help, which is what I love to, to create experiences of. Yeah love and you've tapped into one of my favorite concepts which is both like being able to have both being able to experience both the up and the down and that you don't have to choose between you can access both Mm, totally you can have both you can have it all I really believe that (laughs) yeah I can see that you live (laughs) that you live and both more you live those concepts I can see that is so clear like you are such an abundant person like you've got so much to give but I you can also see that you're really comfortable receiving which is a struggle point for so many women I never used to be um I remember a girlfriend of mine always wanted to receive foot massages so we'd just be sitting on the couch you know having a chai or something and she'd be like, oh, let's give a foot massage. And I'd always be fine to give it to her. But when it came to my turn receiving, I, I just, I hated it. Like I really struggled. And I, we kept, I, I let her know that. And I 
I said, you know, can we just keep working through this because I'm actually really uncomfortable with fully receiving. And it actually went down me the, the path for me going into yoni massage sessions and receiving a yoni massage from a trained pr- practitioner and not giving anything back. And that was my first experience of really fully receiving Mm. pleasure touch connection without needing to give anything back like nothing unless it's like a I mean the ones that I've I've paid for a few but then I've had some that who actually just wanted to um you know friends who are trained in it who wanted to give me that experience and honestly the yoni massage was my first time just (sighs) don't have to do anything I don't have to perform I don't have to give anything back it was just so beautiful yeah what feelings does fully receiving generate in you oh my God, I'm just so good at it now I like my partner <laughs> my partner um oh this is funny like a few years ago she called me a starfish in bed mm. and initially I was really offended I was like how dare you call me a starfish like that's so rude it's like basically saying you just like a starfish you know spread eagle in the bed like just receiving and she's like no it's not not nothing to be to take offense to it's actually really like it's just you're so good at just fully receiving like I just go into a zone of like not even it's not submission it's just I'm worthy I'm worthy of pleasure I'm worthy to receive pleasure and there's all there's just no blockage in me to receiving that and so it is like a full open heart open yoni open mouth even like it's just this full embodiment of I'm worthy, I'm enough to receive this pleasure. Or it might be I'm enough to receive this this compliment that somebody gives me. And I, I'll always say thank you um, rather than like, you know, shoot it back to them or change the subject or something. Like it's in everything. If somebody does want to shout me a coffee or something, of course I'm going to say thank you, that's so kind of you, I'd love that. Like it, And it's not about the money. It's just about you. It's like, because I know I give so much back in, in life as well. And, you know, it's just that beautiful cycle. I think a lot of women overgive and they become depleted. And I think it's not selfish to receive, especially if somebody wants to give you something like it's almost rude to say no. Mm. Yeah, there's pleasure in it for the person giving as well. We can forget that sometimes. And I think that's hard to see when you're giving from a place of I give because I have to give. I give because this is what I'm made to do. I give because this has always been my blueprint for life. And so sometimes that can have you being questioning why someone would want to give to you. And it's like, no, 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 there's really, really healthy forms of giving that generate a lot of pleasure for the giver. So there's a lot of sweetness in that if you're open to receiving what it is on offer. Mm, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have called today's episode, <laughs> jointly called it, The Secret <laughs> of Squirting. And I'm really curious, what secrets do women's energetic bodies hold when it comes that allow us to squirt like what is it and can you share one of those secrets with us like what is it that what secret have women tapped into for themselves that allows them to squirt and just before you share that secret can you just tell us a little like a little bit about what squirting is if people aren't familiar or want a refresher yes so I recently launched the squirt school online course and it was all about learning how to ejaculate because my DMs just fill up with questions on how to to squirt. Um, And obviously I I have the squirt blankets, the waterproof squirt blankets and the sacred squirter. And so people had all these toys, but they actually did want to, all these things that they can use, um, but they wanted to know a little bit more technique into how to squirt and why. Like why why do you want to squirt? Because I, I also want to make a distinction that, there's no pressure to squirt. Like a lot of women mm-hmm. feel like there's this need to squirt and you're not complete and you're not or- orgasmic. You're not good enough if you can't. Like just delete that because I used to feel that way. I had um, a like a, a teacher, he was a friend of mine and he apparently was the, the man to make women squirt. And when I was 21, we had this experience and it, it didn't work. 
but it worked on these other clients and other friends of mine. And I was, I just thought, okay, well, I don't, obviously I don't have a G spot or I'm broken or it just doesn't work for me. And so I did go five years or so, you know, thinking that I, I couldn't squirt and, you know, I'd, I'd never had anyone put pressure on me or anything like that, but I, I just wanted to, to learn how to do it myself or through, you know, sex with a partner. And what, so what female ejaculation essentially is, is it's a, a buildup of prostatic fluid in the, in the female prostate. So you have, I wish I had my little vulva puppet here, but we have the, the clitoris and the urethra and the G-spot, which is inside the vagina. And basically when it's kind of massaged, the G-spot is massaged in a, in a really, um, I guess like a comfortable kind of way. Plus, you know, you're feeling really relaxed and open and aroused and turned on and your clitoris is still getting stimulated and you've got all the things going if, if you've had enough liquid consumed, because I'm very pro hydration, like it's make, making sure that you're, you're very hydrated and you essentially, you, you won't squirt. If you are totally dehydrated, of course, you're not going to squirt. Your body's not going to release fluid. Mm-hmm. And when you're having this experience, either with yourself or a partner, often what can happen is that fluid can be, I guess, ejected through the urethra and the little skein's glands. So the skein's glands create um, female ejaculate, which is almost like a milky fluid. Um, and that's more of like maybe a teaspoon amount. It's not a lot. Mm. Um, and historically they used to call that Amrita. It's like this really divine nectar of the gods. And, you know, it's a, it's a real honor for, for somebody to receive that kind of nectar. Um, if you have got somebody going down on you and have or doing that kind of practice on you and the squirt is more of a clear fluid and that's released through the urethra. And I like to liken it to like the, the ocean, ocean liquid, like that kind of um, clear fluid. Mm. So that's released and that can be released in gushes, like literally <laughs> liters for some people. Um, that can be just tiny little sprays that can be little dribbles. Like it's, you see on porn girls, just like women squirting across the room. And I think that that's a lot of performative porn, um, which can tend to happen. Um, and it's not good to try and have that experience as your first experience and don't compare yourself if you're not having those kinds of gushing experiences. I've only gushed a handful of times when I've been really really turned on but the other times it's just been more of a spray or a squirt here and there and that's you know that's beautiful it's such a beautiful experience and so for a lot of people so I wanted to make that distinction as well between ejaculate and squirt Mm. um and and also that some women feel an immense amount of pleasure from squirting and other women don't feel a thing. I had someone message me the other day saying, I squirted, but it didn't feel like anything. It, did, it literally didn't even feel good. It didn't feel bad. It felt like nothing. And I said, that's actually incredibly normal. Um, don't, don't put pressure on the squirting orgasm or the G-spot orgasm to give you the same amount of pleasure as a clitoral orgasm because it is different. The clitoral mm-hmm. orgasm is like this climax and this peak and this explosion, whereas, you know, which comes from contracting, right, and whereas the G-spot kind of orgasm is more of um, a letting go, like it is more of a release. You, you, It isn't like the contracting that happens when you have a clitoral orgasm. It is more about breathing and relaxing and opening and this is your secret. It's... It's really like how it happened for me is after I went to Bali and had that experience with the jade egg, I came home and I started practicing with my yoni egg really consistently for about a month. And then I was having sex with my partner and I was lying back on this couch and he was kneeling and he was penetrating me with his penis. And every time he would pull out, there'd be this liquid that would be released. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're squirting. And, And it was amazing. Like I was just so open and I felt so expansive and relaxed and it was like I could keep going and I could keep going. It wasn't like the clitoral orgasm was this peak. You go up and then it crashes down. It was more like, mm. and I could go all night doing this. Like it was really hypnotic is the word that comes to me. I was mm. like in a trance-like state 
And it was more about how much more can I soften? How much more can I relax? How much more can I let go? And that I think is the biggest secret. And it kind of happens when you least expect it. Like I really, we didn't have towels down. We had nothing prepared, like, because I'd never squirted before. Um, Whereas a lot of people go in with a focus and that determination. And you know what? That can make your orgasm, your squirting orgasm, run and hide for the hills. Like it's, yeah. if you feel, if your G-spot or your, you know, that the squirting orgasm feels pressure, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Like when you take the pressure off and you really focus on like breathing, opening the mouth, feeling so, you have to feel safe. That's another secret is like, if you don't feel safety, either with yourself in your own room, like maybe you need to get a lock on the door, like that's like practical physical safety. Um, but also if you don't feel safe with you, in your relationship to fully let go, and that might mean weeing on the bed accidentally, like that can obviously happen. But also when you just remember that when you are in an orgasmic state, it, can, it actually constricts the urethra to the point where that's it prevents urine from coming out. Like, I don't know if you've mm. noticed going to the toilet after sex, you have to sit there for a while and like wait and like a little bit will come out and you're like, oh, is that it? And then maybe a half an hour later you go again and there's like a lot of wee. It's because the, you know, the urethra is constricted and so you, you actually don't wee. It's very hard to wee during sex or orgasm. Mm. Hence why also that happens with men, you know, their urethra is constricted. So it's when they come, it's not we that comes out, it's, it's, it's ejaculate. Yes. So that's a bit of a fear that can come up for women. I find is like, oh, what if I wet the bed? Well, the A, get the squirt blanket. Yeah. <laughs> there is a solution to that one. <laughs> yeah. I've made a, a good solution for that through experience because my partner's a huge gusher. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And and B, who cares if you wee a little bit accidentally? Like hopefully you're with somebody who's not going to judge you if you do that. It's all about learning and, and practicing, yeah. seeing what your body's capable of. Yeah, yeah. I love that. This is one that I think, this is an episode that I think people will rewind to what you just shared then because there was gem after gem and pearl after pearl in that. And um I know I, really, I shed a lot in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was it was incredible. I really what I took what I really took away from that was the part about not expecting. And it was like what I heard from you was there was this sense of you were open and that when you were open and you were in flow in your body, things could happen and things could take place. There wasn't this sense of, well, this is the night I'm going to go in and practice and this is how it's going to happen and this is what I'm expecting to happen. It was a really happy hypnotic, I love that word, haven't heard it for a while, like you were in a state, you were in this hypnotic state and then um, and then squirting could happen from there and I really want to. I really want listeners to take that away because so much of sex, if you're putting pressure on, if you're putting judgment on, if you're putting expectation on, it really does sap, sap, can sap you of that sense of openness. That is what permits these types of experiences to happen. Mm, exactly. If you feel shame around your body or shame around sexual, your sexual expression or energy that is going to block your squirting orgasm as well like yeah. it's it's worth doing and this is why it's so important that we have the likes of yourself other sex therapists relationship coaches like me um like I literally teach people how to self-pleasure because it's something that we haven't been taught and we do tend to have and hold a lot of shame and fear around that that part of our bodies and ourselves and that is blocking us that is really blocking us energetically. Like I believe everyone can squirt. I believe that it happens in different ways and we're all wired a little bit differently. Like, for example, it's harder to make me, compared to my partner, her because her, and this is like physiologically, her mm-hmm. urethra is much higher. It's right up near her clitoris. And so she squirts like, and her G-spot's very, very shallow. It's like right at the entrance and you can mm-hmm. even see it. It's like, it's all out there. Um and then, so it's like she can squirt and within 30 seconds. Whereas for me, my G-spot's much deeper. So it's a couple of inches in 
it's my urethra is much lower it's just a totally different experience and it takes a bit longer and it takes you know certain techniques and so it is about really like learning about your vulva and your vagina intimately but also yeah like letting go of the shame and working with a coach to be able to or even doing even squirt school I have all these meditations not just about squirting it's like there's a whole module on releasing sexual trauma whether that's Mm. a low-grade trauma or a high-grade trauma through um, meditations it can all help Mm. letting go energetically and emotionally in order to let go like it can be a precursor to letting go on that deeper level through squirting oh definitely yeah okay yeah definitely and you might notice that after having for me, having internal orgasms can often make me cry sometimes as well. Mm. Um, it's like I call it squirting from my eyes. Like it's like oh. these, I don't know if you've ever had these hot tears. Like I've had a few experiences where these tears just flow after having these orgasmic experiences and it feels orgasmic in itself. And so it's natural for emotion to arise if you're having a big, big experience as well. Yeah, yeah. What you mentioned before about someone that DM'd you and they didn't necessarily feel what they thought they were going to feel, can you share with us some of the variety of emotions and sensations that women have felt through your program around squirting? Like what have you heard them say they feel when they squirt? I guess initially what might happen, so if somebody enters you and does the technique that I teach in the in the course it can feel too much like you you're pressing up against your bladder Mm -hmm. and if that happens it just means there's not enough arousal you got to go back to more more like kissing like start at the I always say start at the top don't go straight to the vulva like start Mm -hmm. um I looking at into each other's eyes kissing open mouth kissing lots of breast massage sucking on the nipples um, you know, down is massaging over the belly, over the vulva, and re- then obviously going after some clitoral stimulation going inside. Um, because if you do feel it's uncomfortable, it's it's not meant to feel uncomfortable. It can be very vigorous. So the the motion of you know the toys. So a lot of the toys that I design and sell are quite cur- for G spot stimulation. Are very curved, and they're all glass and crystal, as you know. So the purpose to using um, something quite firm like glass is to add that pressure because you need the pressure um, Mm -hmm. against the G-spot to kind of coax it and massage it. And if you're using something rubber or plastic or silicon, it can bend back. So it's not, you're not going to have, obviously you don't want to be hard or harsh with yourself, but it does feel phenomenal having something like glass rubbing up against with some ridges rubbing up against the G-spot. So that's just a little thing to look out for. If it does feel like, oh, that's too much on my bladder, go back to more arousal touch um, or relaxing arousal touch. And then what you might feel, what I feel is like it's almost like this. it takes my breath away. So I love the feeling of like I had my first internal orgasm. don't know if it was a G-spot or cervical. I, don't, I have no idea. I was 14 so I didn't even discover my clitoris until I was my partner, my boy, boyfriend at the time gave me an orgasm at six, 17, nearly 18. So I was having internal orgasms from just using fingers at a very young age. Um, so I knew that's always felt really good for me. It's almost like I feel like I've got a clitoris inside my vagina. And so it should, it kind of feels like this, this takes your breath away. You're, you, you know, generally women will arch their back, their shoulders all go back. They might get like, um, blushed in mm. the cheeks and on the chest uh, they will feel like waves it feels like waves and you really want your partner to just keep going and if their fingers tire fingers I want to say it's all about manual stimulation when it comes to a partner when it comes to yourself my little fingers are tiny so I usually use the sacred squirter or the cervix serpent or something like that to reach my G-spot. But when it comes to a partner, it's not really about penis in vagina sex or dildo in vagina. The times I've squirted other than that first time has mainly been from fingering. And I think fingering is really underrated. And Mm. I just, it's just so like, this is how women squirt is from articulate 
fingers, listening fingers, fingers that feel and respond and listen and don't just poke and prod, but they really like, like I said before, coax and massage the G spot. And you, there's a position to be in as well, like for the partner giving the, um, the massage. And I kind of show you, show you how to do that position. And it all comes from your, like, it comes not just from your fingers, but your whole arm, you have to actually be quite strong to pull it off (laughs) Mm. um but it's yeah the way I describe it is like waves waves of pleasure of release of of letting go of ecstasy more than a climatic peak yes and when women have been through your program have they shared anything about how it changes how they move and hold themselves and show up in the world? Yeah, I I find that when women activate their vagina, because a lot of women are quite, um, they're quite focused on the clitoris, on the external orgasm. And again, I don't want to shame that because the clitoris is gold and Mm -hmm. it's designed (laughs) for pleasure. But I really do believe that internal pleasure is can just be as good as clitoral pleasure. And I feel that when women really tap into that internal pleasure, whether that's the cervix or the A spot or the P spot or the G spot, it doesn't really matter. It, it's, she, she holds herself a bit, a, a bit more embodied, a bit more differently, a bit more open and grounded. I feel like a lot of people have numb vaginas. Mm. And I'm really passionate, maybe because I have a clitoris inside my vagina, and we all do, by the way, you know, the clitoris really does extend inside, yeah. the, you know, the framework of vagina. Um, I really am inspired to teach women how to, to activate that. And, you know, you do start to feel more pleasure from penetration rather than just clitoral stimulation. Mm, yes. So I think... For me, I think I'm able to squirt easier after having two vaginal deliveries with my children. I actually think that my body changing has made it even easier and made me more orgasmic since having children. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because I think think and I sense that there can be this idea that however you deliver children, if you if you do fall pregnant and do have children, that things can be worse. And I feel like there's not a lot of narrative about out there about how things can be better when you're maturing and um, you've had that experience through your body. And I was wondering, can you... Um, because my body is different. It's definitely different after two four kilo babies. Um, I was wondering, has anyone shared those kind of experiences with you of a sense of opening up, um, being having a different physiological response because things have shifted physiologically after childbirth? Yes, definitely. And actually both sides. I've had women who were highly orgasmic before birth and then after they really struggle. Mm. Um, and then I've also had women who were pretty inorgasmic before and then highly orgasmic after and a totally different experience and squirting. So it must be that, you know, with the delivery of the, the you know, having the baby pass through the vaginal passage, I mean, that could have just really awakened and uh, activated the G-spot on the way, which of course it would. Um, but I... <coughs> I also feel like it's, it is to do with um, the type of birth, you know, whether or not it was a traumatic birth, mm. um, you know, stitches, all this kind of stuff can, and even like a bit of mental health afterwards uh, can definitely affect the, the, your orgasmic experience um, after birth. But I, I believe that, yeah, there's definitely not enough narrative around, hey, you can have two babies and be even more orgasmic rather than less orgasmic. Like the vagina is just one of the most incredible muscles in the world. Like it really does that. It bounces back. And in, in the sound, in the, in your case, it's just like, it's, it's had like, it's awakening <laughs> through yeah. that experience. It's definitely different. Um, it's definitely 
physiologically way more open and accessible than it was um, before I had children. But I wondered, I actually, I love the piece around sound and that goes back to what you, um, what women can access in your nude awakening workshops. I feel like birth sounds are some of the most prime, they are some of the most primal sounds you can make. They're very interesting. They're very guttural. And um, I feel like that opening of my throat in that way, um, because we know about the throat, you know, the throat yoni connection, the throat pussy connection, I feel like some of that might have um, given it a little nudge as well. I feel like I make more sound now than I did um, yeah, after children than I did. And I knew about sex before and I was a sexologist before I had children. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. I just wanted to, yeah, I was just wondering because you have worked with so many women in your courses, women that um, identify as parents, women, people that have birthed um, before, afterwards. And I was just, yeah, curious about that piece um, oh, because you've definitely. had that yeah had that experience in my workshops I I <laughs> and it triggers some people and it kind of gets them out of their comfort zone but I get them making sounds and it's it's pretty it can be pretty intense and obviously it depends where I'm at in my cycle like some mm-hmm. um, workshops I don't make much sound but then yeah. others I'm really inviting them and welcoming them to make sounds like I'm like guys you don't get this in usual yoga classes use this open your mouth, open your mouth wide and make sound from your uterus, make sound from your heart, make sound from any part of your body. And, you know, eventually, and I was like, I want your partner to, the person next to you to hear it. I want you to really, and it eventually it does start to happen, but oh my God, women are so blocked <laughs> in their, their throats because yeah. we've been told to shut up and be good little girls our whole life. Yeah. And, you know, where's that, where's the, there's a huge gap between as a little girl, be a good little girl, you know, whether that's from a Christian or a Catholic kind of or school or parents, strict parents, like we're, a lot of us have been told be good little girls. And mm. then we're blasted into teenage years, early 20s or whatever, and we're kind of told to be this expressive, orgasmic, fully orgasmic, multi-orgasmic woman. It's like actually we need to bridge this gap here. And actually when I moved over to Perth, I moved over to Perth to study sexology because there was a, a course here at Curtin Uni for that. And I moved into this house with a guy who was very tantric. He was a good friend of mine, very tantric guy, quite a nudist. He's actually possibly the reason why I really got on this path. And this was just before I'd learned how to squirt actually. And he said to me, Rosie, are you and your partner? Because I started dating this guy. He's like, are you guys having sex? And I was like, yeah, all the time. And he's like, oh, that's weird. I've never heard you. And I'm like, well, of course. And he was like, why don't you make any sound? So I'm not going to make any sound. This is a share house. I've got to, you know, be quiet. And he's like, oh, honey, you you can make as much sound. And it's so funny because him and the girl that he was seeing at the time would wake us up at 2 a.m. with the loudest sex. And it used to annoy me. It was, I was so annoyed. I'm like, you woke me up. I don't want to hear that. And then then when he, he it's like he gave me, and not that I needed it, but a permission slip to make mm. sound. Because I'd always either lived at my parents or lived in a share house. And you have to be quiet. You don't want anyone to know you're self-pleasuring or anyone to know you're having sex. And he just said, no, like, why? Don't, don't do that. Don't suppress and stifle your voice during sex. And so I, I really, I used that as my homework at the time. And funnily enough, you know, that was a few months later that I started squirting. And I really do believe, and I started having these deeper experiences because, yes, I used a yoni, yoni egg. Yes, I started doing naked yoga. But I think it actually one of the biggest tools was because I actually started to tap into my voice. Mm, yep. Yes. Sounds that weren't sexy, weren't comfortable. Yes. Cry. I remember crying. I remember screaming. I remember punching pillows. Oh my God. Like all the things. It all just, as soon as I felt safe, and of course I felt safe with my partner as well, it all just came out. Yes. Yeah. And you've, what you're speaking into there is the whole spectrum of sound. You're not just saying sounds of pleasure and moaning. You're talking about sounds that come with crying, sounds that come with screaming, sounds that come with release, all of that. 
Yeah, I think we're we're accustomed to just just make the sounds that sound like that come from porn. Yeah, um, and no, like actually, some of the most orgasmic sounds I I make and I've made do not sound sexy in the slightest. Like they're, like they're very primal and because I don't believe sex just has to be pleasurable either or like intimacy mm. does because it's all I know it's about self-pleasure but sometimes to get from numbness to pleasure we actually have to go through pain mm. or allow ourselves to feel the pain and so during sex or intimacy or self-pleasure you can have a lot of painful stuff come up and mm. I use it as a as a way of moving through pain sometimes yeah. like a self-pain practice as well like we glorify pleasure and avoid pain yes but we kind of have to feel I went through a lot of pain in those early years 2013 and, and so on releasing a lot of trauma and pain from my yoni mm. Mm. I'm wondering Rosie what is your most favorite thing about the work that you do what really turns you on about it I just love seeing transformations. Mm. I love seeing women, whether that's, you know, the, I mean, the transformation you see from the start of a nude yoga workshop to the end is like the quickest transformation I think ever, like <laughs> women covering up, petrified, nervous, yes. anxious, to women fully liberated, walking around the space naked, giving hugs. Um, so I love that. I love, I love getting DMs saying, Rosie, I did, I used your sacred squad or I used, did the course or whatever. And now I'm having the most amazing orgasms. Like I really love, I feel like that's what I'm put here to do is to teach people how to normalize and celebrate pleasure. Amazing. Amazing. I've got one of those big goofy smiles on my face because I'm so <laughs> stoked to you. Like that is, that is such an incredible gift to this earth is helping people liberate themselves. Yeah, and I feel like most of us have are holding or have held a lot of shame and guilt yeah. from childhood, from yep. religion, from parents mm-hmm. that isn't serving our sexual highest good. Mm. And actually our sexual energy can really help tap us into our creative energy. Had I not tapped into my sexual energy, there's no way I would have birthed my businesses. Yeah, yes, yes. Love it, how it intertwines there. Just speaking about your business, one of the last questions I have for you is what is the biggest learning curve that you've had within your business? Like what really had you meeting your own edge? I think letting go of control. A few years ago, you know, we grew from five or ten orders a day to 50 or 100 orders a day and I burnt out like (laughs) you can just picture me like packaging all these orders and and totally sucking the joy out of every reason why I started the business but I had a way of doing it and I was you know control freak and I I really had to let I had to hire for starters like hire people to to come in and and the right people I was hiring the wrong people not like I I actually hired my mum and she was fantastic for the time that I, I had her but you know, I probably needed professionals in this industry to to help me. Um, I tried to cut corners and stuff like that, and it's and do it myself. But you have to delegate. You have to create. It's almost like I always put the cart before the horse and trust. Mm-hmm. I like I everything I've done in my business, I've probably done the wrong way round, but I wouldn't have done it any other way. And. Yeah, I, I really believe in hiring people, having a team around you. But I had to learn that the hard way through burning out and through not enjoying the job at all yeah. um, and growing with it and trusting, like, you know, there's a lot of outgoings with this business and there's a lot of stuff happening. But, yeah, like you've just got to, st- when you step up, it's like the universe goes, okay, she's being serious about this, and then it opens up to more opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Such rich learnings for anyone in business and in life as well to step into trust and elevate up level and then more magic can come through because it's like that receiving piece we were tapping into before. It's like you're you're wider open so more more can come to you in that state than if you're gripping on, being in control, trying to do everything yourself your own way. 
Yeah. And sometimes you've got to jump first mm. and, and then, you know, it'll ca- the universe will always catch you, but yeah, you've got to just trust first that yeah. it's, it's happening for you. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Rosie, I would love to ask you a few quick shoot questions. So these are questions where you just, you know, use your sacral juice and <laughs> and share I'll do with my best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'd love to know what's your favorite taste? As in food taste? Mm. Okay, the first thing that came to me was self-sourcing chocolate pudding with cream. Oh. <laughs> oh my god I have that and I never have that why is that it's interesting isn't it something that we say that we love so much can um what I'm gonna have that all right we're going I'm taking my partner out for a date night tonight okay I'm doing it what's your favorite ritual the yoni egg ritual Mm. so just yeah inserting my yoni egg and doing some Yummy practices makes me feel really grounded. Yes. What's your favorite secret place? And it can be internal or external. I actually found it recently in Karajini, and it was a waterfall that my dad and I found on a hike. And we sat under the waterfall, and the waterfall, the water that was coming down was really warm because it'd been up in the sun, and it was, it was mystical it was beautiful and I go there in my meditation sometimes and it's just it's a beautiful space beautiful place Mm. to have in my heart what's one word you want people to use to describe you courageous what gives you goosebumps truth Mm. and who's one woman who's really seen you my partner I would say my partner ash Mm. Mm, yeah, she's so much love <laughs> in all my <laughs> shades and flavors yes. yes Rosie thank you so much for your time today for your expertise for your wisdom and your truth can you share with us where we can find you online absolutely so two places rosyreese.com and that's r-o-s-i-e-r-e-e-s and my Instagram is at rosie.reese. Sometimes I'm shadow banned, so you might have to write the whole thing out. And our other Yoni, our, um, Yoni Pleasure Palace Instagram, we had 65,000 followers. It just got disabled for no reason by Instagram. We're not sure why. So we've created a new Instagram and it's just at Yoni Pleasure Palace, one word. And the website is yonipleasurepalace.com. And when you go there, you can see the squat school and the golden yoni membership and all the products and lots of lots of yummy blogs, free blogs on there as well. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. I know listeners will get a lot out of what you've shared and from following you and accessing your products and your work and your courses. Yes. More liberation oh, is coming. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Thank you.